0: And hello, Jets fans, and welcome to Rich Sports Talk on a very special episode today. Of course, just a reminder, we will be having our preview show on Friday to preview the Jets versus the Bills this week. And I have something very special for you at the midway point. Now, if you want something different, let me know in the comments. But I have the idea that I'm going to do a three-round mid season mock draft for the New York Jets. I was thinking about maybe doing the top five players that need to show out the rest of the season. But I love doing mock drafts. I do them all the time on this channel, especially when we get to the end of the season. I don't do a full seven right now just because there's so much waiting for compensation picks and also seeing who declares. But I do think you can get a good idea in the first three rounds, certain players and the Jets with five picks right now would be something I would definitely be interested in. And speaking of that, that leads us into this, which is Joe Douglas. Say what you want about him, which is... If you want to say he's not as aggressive for agents, you'd like to see a general manager, you can make that. If you wish he did a better job in the 2020 draft, you could say that. I think he's had a very good 2021 draft so far. But one thing that cannot be disputed from Joe Douglas is he gets great value for trades. I mean, you're we're looking right now at the Jamal Adams trade. looks like the Jets won that one, even though they still have the first-round pick. But they right now have Elijah Tugger, who looks like he could be a perennial pro bowler at left guard. For a box safety that has zero picks and zero sacks throughout the season. And oh, by the way, he's going to make $72 million. But then we saw the Chris Herndon trade. But the big one this offseason was Sam Darnold. And I remember at the time a lot of Jet fans were upset saying, oh, we could have maybe gotten a late first round. But the Jets ended up getting a second, a fourth, and a sixth. The second, of course, coming in this draft. So they were able to get three draft picks out of Sam Darnold. And after the first three weeks of the season, one of the things I kept saying with Sam Darnold was, and I remember going the after the first game actually, was, oh my God, Sam Darwin looked amazing. He embarrassed the Jets either for 300 yards and two touchdowns. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, but I saw Zach Wilson play better in the second half, making bigger plays with bigger throws down the field. And outside the big throw to Robbie Anderson, which was a blown coverage, You look at Sam, half of his passing yards were just checkdowns to Christian McCaffrey. I mean, that's pretty nice to have that weapon underneath. And I remember at the end of week three, everyone was just saying, oh my God, Sam Darnold is showing the Jets what they're missing. You know, he leads the NFL with five rushing touchdowns. And again, I was thinking at the time, but Sam's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Josh Allen. He's not really a running quarterback. And then you had this past weekend. It was the chance of chance for Sam Darnold. Panthers reeling a little bit, but Christian McCaffrey back in the lineup. And he gets to go against his old friends, the New England Patriots. And we all know what happened against the Patriots, the infamous moment of his career, and probably the moment that sunned up his Jet career. I'm seeing ghosts. Well... It looks like Sam Darnold didn't find an exorcist because the ghosts were back. Three more interceptions, including a pick six to JC Jackson. And Sam with a couple of throws where you're just like, what on earth is he doing? And to this point in the season, it has gone from bad to worse for Sam. Already been replaced once by PJ Walker this year in the Giants game. But right now, Sam Darnold is tied for the lead in the NFL with 11 interceptions. Since the first three games of the season where he had the five rushing touchdowns, he has zero rushing touchdowns, completing under 60% of his passes, seven touchdowns on the season. And this is what I found amazing. A 71.3 passer rating and quarterback I mean, 71.3 quarterback rating, which believe it or not, and I know Jet fans are not going to believe this, is lower than his quarterback rating last year when he was 2-10 and 10 as a starter for the New York, The obvious thing people are going to say is, well, how can you be saying that? The Jets don't even have a Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson struggled this year. Yeah, I get that. And I get that Zach Wilson has had some issues and that he's also a rookie and that they're trying to figure stuff out. For Sam Darnold, this was an interesting thing because a lot of Jet fans I remember early in the season were saying, Oh, what could have been? Like, could we have expedited this rebuild? And I saw so many analysts on TV going, oh, the Jets were foolish. They should have kept Sam Darnold. They could have gotten a boatload of draft picks. They could have expedited this rebuild. They could be a better team right now. But would they really be a better team with Sam Darnold? I think they might maybe have won an extra game. I mean, I don't think this team would be above 500 with Sam Darnold. And by the way, you look at the problems that Zach Wilson's been having. It's what Sam's been having, which is accuracy, hitting the easy throws, overthrowing people. And you look at Zach Wilson you're like, OK, I can kind of get it because he played herobong in college. And it's basically this coaching staff trying to reel him in. Darnold has mechanical throwing issues and. I remember when he was coming out in the draft, like I really love Sam. I felt Sam coming into that draft was one of the top two quarterbacks, but there was a bit of a caveat with him, which was to me, I was looking at the upside. I was looking at his physical abilities. And one of the big things I kept saying was like, look, he's only played quarterback for a couple of years and he's picked it up really quick. I mean, to me, it was more about the leadership intangibles, the ability to make some plays with his legs while he figured it out, cleaned up some of his mechanical issues the first few years, But we haven't seen him develop those mechanical issues. We haven't seen him been able to learn from not forcing the ball down the throw. And we've also seen him struggle, especially reading go through progressions and just sometimes just throwing up. I mean, we've seen Zach Wilson try to show off his arm talent and push the ball down the field. Sam's just throwing it to places and you're just like, what is he doing? Like, where's he going? And you know it's bad when Ron Rivera, the guy who traded for Sam Darnold, basically in the postgame conference for the Panthers, if you haven't watched it, go read it. I'm just basically going to give you the short version. When they asked him about Sam Darnold, he did not defend his quarterback. He didn't say, oh, Sam's our guy. He basically said, look, we're going to go back to the film room. We're going to see if it's coaching. We're going to see if it's him. We're going to see if it's scheme. But everything's on the table. You don't say that about a franchise quarterback. You don't say that about a guy that you believe in. Like if you rip him, that's one thing, but to basically say everything's on the table and that they're gonna look at everything to me, I said this at the at the uh during the trade deadline show. If you want a little bit more analysis back then, that's in the streaming section of the page. I said the Deshaun Watson trade not going through was a great thing for the Jets because I believe that Miami now is going to be in a tough situation. Do I think Miami is still probably the front runner? True. But now that people have seen that Miami was that close, I do think you're going to see a little bit more of a bidding war, especially if the uh, if it goes through that he can play year or, or they figure out what the suspension is going to be because – the Broncos have added a couple more picks, but the Panthers have really been right up there with the Dolphins. And right now, I do think that this front office and that this ownership group has made a decision that Sam Darnold is not the long-term answer. And they're looking at it and they're going, look, we got a good enough defense, good enough team. We're not going to be picking in the top half of the draft. We're going to be picking in like the late teens, 20s, maybe. Number one, is they're a great player that's going to help us significantly there? And number two, We're going to have to probably face Tom Brady for the next two or three years. I think you're going to see him go full in, and Sam Darnold gives him a luxury. So let's say Deshaun Watson is suspended for eight games next year. Could the Panthers basically play Sam Darnold for eight games and have it be his tryout to try to trade him at the deadline? And basically Sam knows, like, look, I'm not a long-term answer, but I'm playing for my NFL life here, my NFL career. But you saw it all the time, and, and it kind of also get this narrative that look the Jets did not help Sam I will give them that I get that Joe Douglas and Mike McCagg did not do enough around Sam Donald to make him a successful quarterback but now we also have to put the emphasis on him failing on him because he goes to Carolina with a very good offensive coordinator who's likely going to be a head coach after the season. The most explosive running back in football, and I get he's missed time, but he also has Chuba Hubbard, who's no slouch as a running back either. Three highly explosive receivers, including one he's played with and has chemistry with. Now, granted, the offensive line isn't great in Carolina, but they also have a great defense. Panthers have one of the top five units in the NFL, so they're not asking Sam to go out there and put up a 30 spot or 35 points every week. Basically, can you manage the game and give us points? I mean, even against the Patriots, Patriots only scored 24 points in that game. And one of them was off of pick six. Their offense was having trouble moving the football. And if Sam played halfway decent and didn't turn the football over, there's a chance the Panthers have a shot in that game. So just looking at some of the comments, I think Sam has potential to be a great backup. Nothing wrong with that. He's a great locker room guy, great attitude and a team player. I like him in that role a lot. Like, I don't think Sam Darnold's going to – even if he was on with the Panthers, you're right. He's going to have a career. He does have enough talent. But, I mean, if you were to draw it up for Sam, what would have been the best place for him? Like, I cannot think of really out – like, realistically, for teams that needed quarterbacks last offseason, I could not think of a better spot to be put in than Carolina. Now, you can't even put New England because there's no way then God's green earth the Jets. are. Putting him to the Patriots, so don't even like bring that to me. But I'm saying like you look like Carolina, great offense and look offensive line not great, but you have explosive playmakers, you have great running game, and you have a great defense. And he still can't do it. He still can't play well. And I, and the funny thing was, I remember watching the preseason PJ Walker, the backup the XFL quarterback. You're like, okay, they're they can make some plays with him, and you're watching. You're like, okay. There's not a huge differential between the two, and that's kind of scary when you're talking about a guy who was selected top three in the NFL draft and a guy who's been playing in the XFL. Panther have the exact same prompts Jets have plus his two top receivers lead the league and drops. Like, no, I, I get that a little bit, but the Panthers have a better offensive coordinator who's been in the league, they have a better running game and more established running backs. And on top of that, like you look at the receivers, like DJ Moore is a top 12 receiver. He's playing like a top 12 receiver in the NFL this year. And you can tell the receivers are not happy because he's not putting the ball. Like you saw the blow by Robbie Anderson this weekend. It things are not peachy in Carolina because these wide receivers, like you watch the tape, they're getting open. Even that pager game gets that great secondary. They're getting open. Sam is just not getting them the football and Sam is not putting the football where it needs to be. I mean, you look, since the, the first three games when they were playing really well, he's only had a completion percentage of over 60% twice. Just twice. I mean, think about it. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. I mean, the on paper, do they have an elite wide receiving core? No, but do they have an explosive wide receiving core? Absolutely. Like I believe the Jets have better depth and have better maybe long-term talent in their wide receiving room. But in terms of established guys and guys that can stretch field, the Jets, they have some playmakers, but Elijah Moore can stretch the field a little bit, but he's better just in space. Outside of maybe Denzel Mims, they don't have a burner. I mean, Sam Darnold has some burners on that team. I don't know, man, if the Jets didn't stumble on Mike White, I wouldn't be agreeing. I mean, that's going to be a huge thing. Where It looks like Mike White's going to start this week. But I I still think that, I mean, you watch the two, like even their first year, like I've seen a lot more from Zach Wilson on tape and a lot more popping from him and a lot more things like you see that not a lot of other guys can do. Even Sam, like Sam, you saw things that, okay, he does some things very well and there's some moments here where you can see some talent. But, I mean, you see some jaw-dropping moments from Zach Wilson. Um, everyone love to criticize the Jets the first three weeks of the year. Now Crickets, the thing is Sam was still playing well, moving on was still correct. Like that was the big thing, like people were like killing the Jets like, oh my God, they made such a big mistake, and here's the two big issues i could I saw coming in this year. Number one, let's go with the scenario that you kept, Sam. If the jets I think like I said, I think if anything, they maybe are a win better. If Sam was coming into this week nine, and let's say the Jets had three wins, they were three and five. But Darnold had like even a similar stat line, seven touchdowns, 11 picks. We would be killing the Jets and everyone in the media would be killing the Jets for not taking quarterback at number two. Especially now because you look at the upcoming draft class, it does not look good for quarterbacks. And then you also add in the fact that would the Jets now have to be considering giving them a fifth year option? I mean, that would have been a big case. I mean, the people are killing the Panthers now for giving Darnold the fifth-year option right after the trade. So I just was looking at this situation like, look, the biggest reason you get a rookie quarterback is you completely reboot. And look, the Jets are in year one of a reboot. And I get that this is Joe Douglas's third year. I get that. But they have basically gotten the timetable all together, which is we have the youngest roster in the NFL – We have a young rookie quarterback. We have a general manager basically going to his third year. And we also have a head coach that's going to be in his first year. So the timetables for the first time in a decade have all matched for the team. And the, that was the other thing too, is like to win in this league, you need one of two things. You either need a top five or 10 quarterback. That's playing on a big contract, but contract where you can keep some pieces or you need to win with a rookie quarterback. And, be honest with you, would this roster – even the Jets got a couple of extra first-round picks. I mean, the team would be better, but would it be that much better? Would this defense be that much significantly better? I don't think so. And uh Jones, I still think Sam will have a better career in Zach. I mean, look, it's still early to tell. You can't hypothesize about that. I personally believe that Zach's going to have a better career just because I do think that the Jets are going to put better pieces around him than when Sam was there. But, again, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, that's one of the things. But, once again, only problem with Sam decision-making, but I think he'll get – you're talking about experience, but he's been in the league. This is his fourth year. He's had over 35 starts. I mean, we're looking right now in the NFL, and I feel bad for these quarterbacks because the timetable is short and short. I mean, we're talking about the Miami Dolphins moving on from Tua in less than 30 games. They're not even giving him two years, and they're already talking about moving on from him. I mean, the timetable for rookie quarterbacks, I don't necessarily agree with it, but it's getting shorter and shorter. And for Sam Darnold, like you want to say he needs more experience. I mean, he's gone over 30, 40 starts, and I feel like once you get to that point in the NFL – Maybe if you go to a new system or maybe if you get a really great coach, you'll see better improvement. But basically at this point, what you see is what you get. And Sam Darnold is, to me, a lesser version of Ryan Fitzpatrick right now, which is he'll give you a couple games where he'll have 300 yards passing. He'll make a couple big plays. He'll do some wild things with his legs. He'll show up athleticism that surprises you. He'll throw for two or three touchdowns. You're like, okay, there's something here, but then you'll have the same amount of games where you just put your head, your head in your hands, going, "What was that?" With some of the decision making, with some of the throws, with the inability to be efficient. Like, I really do think that that is a fair compens- a, a comparison right now is Ryan is Ryan Fitzpatrick for Sam Darnold. I mean, that's what he is. I mean, you saw it with the Jets and you're seeing again with Carolina and Carolina is in a better position with a better team and with a more experienced coach right now. You'll get two or three games where you're like, oh, damn, Sam's got pretty good athleticism. Oh, damn, Sam Sam can wing it a little bit. He can make some plays. And then you'll get weeks where you're like, good God, does he even belong on in the NFL? Because some of these decision-making, some of these throws – I mean, they're brutal. So, but we'd love to hear from you guys in the chat. Uh, Make sure you send us your questions. We'd love to get your feedback too. But once again, like, I, regardless of how good Zach Wilson is, I mean, right now the Jets have won the straight. Now, once again, they'll hit on, if they hit on the draft pick, that's going to be the big thing. But right now, like, if you look at the situation where the amount they've gotten back from is more than fair, but imagine if he was in new york right now imagine the criticism he would be getting i mean it would be similar what daniel jones is getting it's like is this it i mean we see some moments we see some good things and you look at the position the giants are in the giants are in a position too where it's like they like daniel jones they see some things you really like you see some things on tape you're like hey that's that's pretty good but you also get a lot of moments where you're like geez, I don't know. And like, look, if you were a rookie, I get some of these mistakes, but I mean, we're getting close to like 40 starts and you're you're still having those issues with accuracy and consistency and not turn the football over. I mean, like even this early in the season, like I'm just looking at this situation and I'm going like, Sam Darnold has seven passing touchdowns. He has seven passing touchdowns and he's thrown for two touchdowns in two games. So think about that. In the rest of the games, he's thrown three total touchdowns. That's not good. And, like, the early thing was, well, the passing numbers aren't there, but the rushing numbers are there. He hasn't had a rushing touchdown since week three when he was saying that record for five touchdowns. Should the draft be defense heavy next year? uh Solomon Jets are gonna have to tune in Thursday gonna do a full mock draft I think you're gonna see what I believe the Jets are going to do and I've also put an emphasis on that draft which is to me when I do a mock draft for the Jets it's a little bit different I really look at tendencies of general managers because their their history will tell you and now we've had two drafts with Joe Douglas it will tell you where they value certain positions where they value certain players and how they approach the draft And I do think that that will be very interesting in terms of my mock draft. With that being said, I do have an emphasis on the defense. Now, I will give a little bit of a spoiler here, which is I do not think you're going to see the Jets draft in the first round a member of the secondary. That means no Singletary from LSU, no uh, Hamilton from Notre Dame. And the reason why is to me, Robert Salah and Joe Douglas. I think Robert out from his days in Seattle and San Francisco and what Joe Douglas has done. In the first two drafts have told you that they value corners and safeties later in the draft that they believe they can find players on late day two or day three. I mean, you saw in this last draft, You know, obviously the high end picks went to offense, but then on day three, it was all secondary. And some of those picks have looked like they're solid players. Like, are they going to be great starters? Probably not, but they're going to be nice pieces moving forward. So a bit off topic, but do you think the Pats are a playoff team when all sudden done? I mean, I do. I think the Patriots are going to be a playoff team because the AFC is a mess. And look, the Patriots are looking like the early 2000s. Thousand Patriots in the sense of I don't think that they have as many playmakers necessarily on that defense because that was a great scoring defense with Ronnie Harrison back there. But I do think that basically they're just going to run the football, win ugly, and play great defense. I mean, their defense is healthy. Their defense is playing great. And you know, if it makes you feel like embarrassed as a Jet fan, I mean, they're embarrassing great court. I mean, they embarrassed Justin Herbert two weeks ago. This last week, I mean, it was the Sam Darnold horror. I see ghosts again. I mean, this deep, their defense is great. And really, right now, the AFC is wide open. I mean, every team you mentioned that could be in the Super Bowl, there's really a couple of big butts. Um, and really, the biggest question for the Pages right now is do they have enough playmakers and can Mac Jones not make the big mistake? And I mean, look, at that defense keeps the team under 20. I mean, they have a good chance to really make a run. And uh, I just look at the way they've been playing. And Look, Bill Belichick's arguably the best coach we've had in this sport, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And the one advantage he has in the AFC right now is we're going through an AFC, which is filled with really young quarterbacks. And he really kills young quarterbacks. I think well Zach will have a good career, but he's a lot of potential. He's a very hard worker. I bet he will be in the league for a while. I love Mike White though. It's me. Oh yeah. Uh I'm of the opinion you play Mike White until like the Mike White hypes were off. Now it's clear Zach Wilson has more talent. It's clear. But and I do think we'll get to a point where Zach Wilson will get be back. I mean, who knows? Mike White could go against the Bills and throw three picks. And they're like, okay, now now it's clear for uh, Zach Wilson. But, I mean, you ride Mike White. You play him as much as you can. And in some regards, I think it's good to just learn. And I know everyone's going, oh, they got to get their lumps. They got to get beaten up. They got to, you know, go through all these growing pains. But if learning the offense will help Zach Wilson, and look, Mike White wins a couple games, increases his value. Uh, I just feel like it's a situation too where it's not going to hurt you. And Zach Wilson, really, it, it, it's if Zach Wilson becomes a great player, we're not going to remember his rookie year, him missing starts for Mike White. So, uh, Pat's probably win the division. Uh, I, 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 it's open. I mean, I'll talk about this in the preview. I mean, the Bills have been a bit exposed last couple weeks, and that's they're having problems with pass protection. They're having problems with rushing the football outside of Josh Allen. I mean, look, their defense is still great. I mean, you saw it last weekend, but I do think that this offense has hit a snag, and I do think, like the Chiefs right now, they've become very one-dimensional, and people have been playing them that way, and people, like the Chiefs, I mean, the Bills are a big home run hitting team. They have trouble, you know, really doing long drives and really establishing an offense and running the football with consistency. And teams are saying like, hey, we'll give up some of these little chunk plays over the middle, but we're not going to give you the big play over the top. We're not going to hit the home run. We'll give up some singles. But we're not going to give up the home run. We start Michael Weir. He does very well. Even if we move on from Mike White, so many teams in QB – I've been saying that, Justin. I've said it on a couple episodes. I know we're getting away from Sam Darn a little bit, but uh, I think you get a second round pick. I don't think a team give you one, but like if he plays well, I mean, the other thing too is you could get a high pick. But even if he plays well and you have to pay him a lot to be a backup, it's a good thing to have a great backup. I mean, that would also be a great value too. Like if Zach Wilson has to miss a game or two next year, you know you're not going to miss a beat. Like you look in Cleveland right now; they didn't miss a beat. When they went to their backup quarterback, but then you see a team like Seattle that went to Geno Smith, and they, they could barely function. So having a valuable backup, especially with 17 game season now, where we're seeing more quarterbacks miss time. I mean, look at, I mean, look at the Cardinals. I mean, they had a solid backup and and they won a game. I mean, a game they probably had no right to win. But if you want to be a good team in this league, you're going to need a good backup or I would say a backup quarterback where if he has to make two or three spot starts, your team's going to have a chance to win those football games because that's just the way the league is now. And now with all the injuries and only one bye. I mean, that's one of the things with the 17 game schedule. I thought they were were thinking about adding a second bye in there just to give some of these guys more rest. But it'll be interesting because you look at how many quarterbacks have missed time this year or been nicked. I mean, even the Bills, for example, I mean, they have Mitch Trubisky. I mean, you feel like if Josh Allen had to miss a game or two because he gets nicked up, like you feel like Mitch Trubisky and that system could at least win a game or give them a shot where they're not hopeless. Like when Sam got injured a couple of years ago and it was like, okay, they couldn't get the ball past the 50-yard line. So, but would love your questions. Once again, guys, we will be having the show on Friday for the Bills game and also a special treat. our Mid season three round mock draft going to the first five picks of the Jets 2021 draft. Going to have a full mock, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss that one. That's going to be a very good one. Can't wait to do that one. Uh, I think the Jets need to target linebacker, corner, safety edge. I mean, they basically kind of have to target anything. Um, it's going to be the one thing that helps this Jet team. team is this is a very deep defensive draft, which I think helps. This is also a very pretty good offensive line draft again. Uh, this is not a great skill position one. There's some decent running backs, but really I don't think the Jets are going to spend a high pick. But the other big thing, too, to keep in mind with the draft, and I'll talk about a little bit, too, is where you have to look a bit free agency. And there are certain positions in free agency that I do think the Jets, especially with their cap space, can improve and improve this roster quickly. But there's certain positions that – it's going to be tough to really improve in free agency. Uh, But I do think that you'll see the jets target certain positions in free agency over the draft. But uh, I do think that in terms of what you wanted to see for the draft uh, linebackers for that Devin Lloyd kid and look, Devin Lloyd's a very good player. Um, But the other thing too, is it's going to be interesting to see how the draft the jets value linebackers and, I mean, you saw it with this past draft, which is they got basically good athletic safeties to play linebacker. And before their injuries, they actually were looking to show, they were showing some good progress. So I wouldn't be surprised. They also look to do that again, like maybe some hybrid athletes to play linebacker. Uh, but I don't see the Jets taking a linebacker in the first three rounds. I just feel feel like there's going to be so many guys and linebackers you can tend to find later in the draft. I mean, it's one of those positions where you can find solid B players at that position on day three, where you're not going to find those in like offensive line. You're not going to find those really in edge rushers. I mean, it just, the talent really dips. Uh, I think we should avoid free agency. Uh, if we avoid fringe, we are losing a lot of positions. I could get signed. We could get several comp picks. Um, well, one thing to note about the comp picks. Uh, the one thing I heard suggests too is the Marcus May situation, which is now he will not get a comp pick. So there's so much to talk about, but now it's come out that because of the injury, he's not going to get a compensation pick if he walks in the year, which is the injury is devastating for both Marcus May and for the jets. Uh, so that was, uh, unfair but once again free agency Justin the big question is going is not necessarily what Joe Douglas thinks I do think he to draft a free agency but don't forget there's an elephant in the room that wasn't there for him, and that's Woody Johnson and Woody Johnson hasn't been patient like his brother and if this jet team continues to get embarrassed especially defensively and this team looks bad and Woody's not seeing people come to the stadium and once again, he, I just feel like he's going to say, look, we have cap space. We have to be aggressive free agency. And look, I mean, you've seen a lot of betting on guys with upside for Joe Douglas, but does he really break open the checkbook for a couple of players? Potentially. So, I mean, a lot of it's going to be like how secure Joe Douglas feels and how, how Woody is communicating. If Woody is surprisingly liking the way the rebuild is going and it's giving him a full vote of confidence. Then maybe he goes a little bit less in free agency, but I do think it will be very telling how the jets approach free agency will be determined on how Joe Douglas feels about his job. Because if he feels like if it's a playoff or bust or basically almost a playoff or bust mandate, I do think if his job's online, you will see him open up the checkbook a little bit more. If he feels his job's completely safe, I do think he will be a little bit more conservative. Would it be unfair to expect that this team should be at least in the mix of the playoff spot at the end of next year? I don't think so. I mean, you look – I know it's not a great example, but you look at the Patriots. I mean, you look – they were aggressive in free agency. They had a good draft, and they have a rookie quarterback, and they've turned it around uh, pretty quickly. I mean, you look at Cincinnati, and I mean, granted, the last two weeks for them have not been good. They were the worst team in football two years ago. And now all of a sudden you're like, okay, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but they're definitely to me going to be in the mix. And one thing too, that helps the jets is this AFC. I mean, really, is there one dominant team or team that you really look at even Kansas City, I mean, Kansas city is great and they have a lot of great pieces, but they have a lot of question marks. I mean, if you do this the right way, I mean, we all thought the Dolphins were going to take a stride this year. They've taken a huge step back. No one knows what's going to happen with them. I mean, to me, the Jets, if you have another really good draft, if you get your quarterback to continue development, and if, and now there's a lot of ifs, but if you have a good free agency, not saying you have to break the bank, but you've out some of these holes, you could be expecting that. Uh, yeah, me too. Don't worry about the linebackers, but that Colts game trial. I mean, it's It's I, like I said in the post game on that. This is going to be a year. Uh, I love how this kind of turned to a little bit of a tangent uh, therapy session about Sam Darnold. Uh, but once again, my final thoughts is it looks like the Jets made the right decision there. Um, but there's going to be still some games like that. You just want to see this team compete down the final stretch of the season. And once again, they're the youngest roster in the NFL, and they've had a lot of big injuries. I mean, really, realistically, if I was to, to say, who are three good building blocks on this Jet defense? Who are the building blocks or who are players that would be starting and making an impact on playoff teams? And I would say the list would be Carl Lawson, Quinnen Williams, C.J. Mosley, and Marcus May. Carl Austin's been out for the season with the injury. Quinton Williams has played well. I mean, Sheldon Rankin's had a good season. You can maybe make a case, but, uh, you know, he's having a good season. C.J. Mosley's been okay. And, uh, I mean, Marcus May, that that injury was uh, devastating, and it was just a – and that's just made a huge impact on this team. So I I just think that it's one of those situations where – for the Jets, at least, uh, you, they have they need a lot of pieces on this defense, and it's there's going to be some more ugly games this year. I just think that this defense, um, and Justin Jets, yes, absolutely, the Jets should pay Quinn and Williams. I mean, he's played really well. I don't think you're going to see the big sack numbers because once again, the secondary is very young. This and teams have figured out how to expose the secondary, which is just basically get the ball out quick to alleviate this pass rush. Because if you hold on to the ball, people have learned this Jets team actually has a pretty good pass rush. So, I mean, you're seeing splash plays from Quinn in. you've seen him be healthy this entire season. But I do think it with the John Franklin Meyer signing, it does show the Jets and it does send a message to that locker room that look, we're willing to pay guys that are going to make a big impact. And I mean, Quinn and Williams has been dominant and he makes an impact every week. And even if it's not on the stat sheet, he makes an impact on the game. And you know, like if you get lost in back or you add another pass rusher next off season, that production is just going to continue to keep building. I mean, don't forget too, when they drafted him, he was a baby. He was like early 21 years old. So he's got a long career ahead of him, hopefully. And I do think you give him money. Cause Uh, You you look, I know interior defensive linemen outside of Aaron Donald, you don't want to overpay for them, but he's a guy that can get after the quarterback. He's a dominant piece in that defense, and he's going to get more than John Franklin Myers. But I do think what this team has said is like, look, we don't necessarily believe in investing big money in the secondary. We don't necessarily believe in investing money in linebackers because don't forget C.J. Mosley was signed by the former regime, not the current regime. But we will spend money on the offensive line, and we will spend money on the defensive line. That's where we're going to put our money. So, I mean, Sal has said it. Joe Douglas has said it. But, uh, you know, he might he may demand a Leonard-type contract. I'll say this, Justin. I'd rather give him a – I'd rather give Quinton Williams a uh, Leonard Williams deal than Leonard Williams because uh, Quinnen, uh, Quinnen has always showed up. Quinnen has always played hard. And I've said this about Leonard Williams, and I mean, he's had a decent year this year, not as good as Rush in the past, Rush last year. But I, even if you ask Giant fans, I feel like they feel Leonard Williams had a disappointing year. Uh, one of the things I always remember talking to people inside the Jets organization about uh, Leonard Williams, it was the second his second training camp. And I remember watching him out on the field and saying, wow, he actually looks pretty good this year. And uh, I was talking to some Jet people, then they're – There's, I'll never forget what they told me. And it was this, they said like, yeah, he, he, he's going to be a bit of an issue. I'm like, well, what do you mean? They're like, doesn't work super hard, not super committed, talented player. But they said like, look, I'll tell you this. He's going to be underwhelming, but the second he has a contract year, he's going to ball out and be amazing. And what's happened the years he had a contract up. Balled out, looked amazing. Now he's got the big contract, and his play kind of has taken a turn. So I I would be comfortable getting Quentin Williams' big money. And uh, once again, we'll be doing the preview show on Friday, talking about the Bills Jets, and we will also once again be doing a draft, mock draft for the first three rounds. That will be coming out later this week. Uh, So make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss that. We go through the Jets' first five picks in the 2021 draft, who I believe that they're going to be targeting based on the current projections about where their picks are going to end up. And once again, Carolina's pick looking a little bit better uh, with another loss. And, uh, you know, big thing now for Seattle is now they got Russell Wilson back. and we interested in where that pick ends up currently? I believe it's number 10 or 11. So. Uh, but yeah, we're going to have a preview how the jets can maybe pull off the upset against the bills, what they will have to do to slow this team down, but going again, basically to finish off, if you have any more questions, put it in the chat. But basically my final thoughts is once again, uh, when we started this, the jets trading for Sam Darnold looks really smart right now. And once again, I said that they had to do this. Even if Zach Wilson doesn't become the pro we believed he's going to be the jets, had the wherewithal to realize, look, it wasn't working with Darnold. We don't want to pay for a eh, quarterback and we don't want to get trapped. So we moved him to Carolina and for everyone that loves to kill the jets. And for everyone that says like, Oh, the jets ruined Sam Darnold to an extent they did. I mean, let's be honest, but I mean, Sam Darnold had an incredible opportunity, great offensive coaching, great playmakers, Brand new, brand new start, a more patient fan base. And oh, by the way, what is right now a top five defense? And that was like an added bonus. We didn't expect the Panthers defense to be this good this year. But still, the same things we saw with the Jets. There's some nice flashes in there. There's like one or two a game. You're like, oh, okay. But it's poor decision making, bad mechanics. And throwing picks that just make you pull your hair out. And once again, I compare him a lot to Ryan Fitzpatrick, a lesser version, where you'll get a 300-yard, two or three-touchdown game out of nowhere. And you're like, huh, that was pretty good. Then you'll get a performance like this last weekend, completing under 50%, multiple interceptions. And interceptions on throws where you're just like, I don't know what you see there. Uh, Final thoughts, Salmon Jets. I think they're going to split with the Dolphins. And the only reason I say that is just, especially down in Miami, so many weird things happen in this series. I mean, it's just always there's something kooky. There's something weird happening. I think the Jets could potentially sweep the Dolphins. Uh, They have the talent to do it. A lot of it's going to be what state is Miami? Because when is Tua going to play this week? Even last week. I mean, against a god-awful Texans team, they only won 17 to 9. I know it's their second win the season, but I mean, that was the other thing that really pissed me off this last week was I kept hearing, I'm sorry, I'm going on a little bit tangent, but this is the other thing that pissed me off is I kept hearing on on national media people saying, Oh, the Jets culture is toxic. The Jets culture is one of the most toxic in the league. And I'm like, the old culture was they're just a bad young team that's rebuilding. I was thinking like Okay, is the Jets culture worse than the Dolphins in their own division right now? Where basically you have the night before the trade deadline, the owner going to meet with Deshaun Watson, who not even sure if he can play and also has multiple criminal cases against, and is trying to lure him to Miami while at the same time they're trying to tell you, Oh, two is our guy, you know, two is great, you know. Two is amazing, but we, you know, we really want Deshaun Watson too. So I think you're going to see a major rift in that locker room, which is guys who believe in two or think two is the guy, but also realize another group that's going to be like, okay, we don't see it in two. We don't think two is the guy. We think we need a different quarterback. And I think the dolphins are sending the message. I mean, they were saying the message before the year, that they don't believe in Tua. And I just think it's going to get ugly. And they just seem like a complete mess right now. And it's funny because coming in this year, everyone was preaching, wow, look at how much the Dolphins' culture has changed. And you look right now, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe that. I mean, we talk about toxic cultures. I mean, the Texans, the Lions, the Dolphins. I mean, everyone kills the Jets. And look, the Jets, to me, it's not the culture. It's just they're a bad football team with, youngest roster in the league right now they're all playing babies they're all playing young guys the Jets didn't have this lofty expectations this year people were thinking the Dolphins were going to be a 10-11 win playoff team this year even with Tua so I mean I, I just look like that was the thing that was just driving me nuts is everyone was going the Jets oh they're they're becoming like the Detroit Lions I'm like, timeout Like I I saw that comment on national media. I'm like, time out. I can go through a list of cultures that were, and I understand that Jacksonville won a game and people are waving their Urban Meyer pom-poms like, oh my God, they beat the Bills. Jacksonville's back, baby. I'm like, have we seen the first year with Urban Meyer? It feels like every two or three months, something crazy or ridiculous comes out about him. So based on that timetable right around Christmas, we should be getting another juicy urban Meyer story that breaks. So, I mean, people are saying like, Oh, the J- Jaguars, you know, like their Colts are so great. I'm like, really? I mean, they're just trading everyone and their head coach is already had a bunch of issues. Like, I'm sorry about the little tangent, but once again, I'm just like, everyone is just killing the jets for being a talking ultra. I'm like, they don't have a good team because they're completely gutting it. There's a huge difference between completely rebuilding and having toxic culture. To me, the Dolphins have a toxic culture right now. The Texans have the worst culture in the league right now because of the things their owner has said because of the whole thing around Deshaun Watson and like you saw like Brandon Cooks getting pissed about them training Mark Ingram. I think that locker room like there's a lot of turmoil in that locker room. I mean, I do think the only turmoil in the Jets locker room could be if Mike White continues to play well, and you go back to Zach Wilson. But again, one thing that, we're, that couldn't get the best out of me or talent he needs does is this is generally concern. Do you think? Look, he got a lot out of a great, talented defensive line. But again, I mean, you, people saying about Sal. I mean, what about Shanahan? I mean, Shanahan's add some good talent, and they have a losing record. So, I mean, I mean, people are just throwing Salah in there. But, I mean, last year Salah, they had all those injuries and in that defense still did well. But the big difference is the 49ers had depth. They had years of good drafts and defensive line depth and linebacker depth. I mean, they had professional football players and they had guys that even as backups had experience. I mean, the Jets backups are rookies and guys that they got off the practice squad. They're guys that haven't played they're guys that just don't have experience and look experience is such a huge thing especially on defense it's all about positioning lining up knowing your assignments i mean if you do the wrong assignment you're going to get burned for 50 yard play cuz someone's uncovered and running free down the field find the jets i pick up the best edge available with them with the second pick pick up the best linebacker uh second round corner agree with the first two at first one and third one do not agree with the best linebacker safety. And look, part of it is I just don't think that a, there's a guy in that early, the draft that's going to make that much of an impact. And B, I mean, I'll talk about this in the mock draft on Thursday. I go by the tendencies of the general manager and your general manager has told you because he's had Jamal Adams. He's had Marcus may and look, Marcus May's a good player. Not a, not maybe a edge of great player. But Joe Douglas has said, look, I believe there's a certain number for safety, and I'm not going over it. And what are the optics of a safety? And Like, this is the thing. Like, I'll I'll go on this tangent because I won't get into it really in the mock draft. But I see people saying, oh, the Jets should look at Kyle Hammond, the great safety from Notre Dame. I'm saying, so let me get this straight. The general manager who had Jamal Adams in the building and got great value for him. But he didn't want to overpay for safety. Then he has another safety. Doesn't want to overpay for him. You're telling me that with one of those key draft picks that the jets have those crucial draft picks. And one of them have, it's not the first round from Seattle, but they're going to have two first round picks. So he's going to then take a first top five pick and take a safety in this. No, he's not going to Joe Douglas is not going to get safety. I think if they, if they go after safety, they're going to try to get a veteran free agency to pair with Ashton Davis and having Ashton Davis can develop this second half of the season. If he can't, I do think they'll address it in the draft, but probably late day two, early day three. Because drafts tell you, look, you can find decent safeties. You can find corners. You can find – they're not going to be A, B-plus players, but you can find some good Bs, some good C-pluses that can contribute and make plays, and maybe they're not standouts, but you're not going to get hurt with them either on day three of the draft. So we got to get a tight end free agency and uh, early round. I was looking into that. Not decent tight end free agency like Hayden Hurst could make it a free agency. OJ Howard's another one that could make it a free agency. Uh, once again, though, if you can get them on like a short term kind of prove it deal, like kind of what the Jets did with a front loaded contract for Corey Davis or even Carl Lawson, where like, look, they gave them a lot of money, but it was pretty much two year contracts where the Jets could get out of it after two years. I could see them doing that. Um, Gesicki was, is pretty good. If the dolphins let him go, I'm not sure if they will. Cause I don't know what their quarterback situation is. Uh, cause I do think they're not going to let a good tight end go. Um, but once again, uh, I, I think you're going to see Joe Douglas address the free agency. And once again, this is very early mock drafts. And I will say this when I do the mock draft is like, I will make some predictions on what positions they will prioritize in free agency. It's impossible to tell because we don't know really until after free agency. Once you get past free agency, it's a little, it's easier to do the mock drafts. Cause then you really can see where they're looking to punch fix the holes in free agency in the draft after free agency. But like, I have an idea of where I believe Joe Douglas is going to put some money in free agency and where they think they can find certain talent in the draft. Uh, so I do think that's very important to take that into account too. But any final questions before we get off today? Uh, I know we've gotten a little bit longer than I thought, but uh, it's always fun talking to you guys. I'll make sure to also, let you know that uh, we'll be do, doing this at 10 o'clock on Friday morning to preview the Jets-Bills game, of course, reaction after the game. Uh, also, guys, let me know like in the comments below and uh, on Friday as well, Is do you prefer to do the reaction Sunday night or Monday during the day? Like, What time is better for people? Just because I'm trying to figure that out. Um, moving forward, do you think Jets will make him move with the picks via trade and, and may trade one of these types? That's the other thing, too, about these draft picks is I – do you think that that does open up a possibility that no one's talking about, which is could be a trade. And one guy would keep an eye on is Allen Robinson. Uh, you know, he's had an up and down year, but if the jets could get him for like a third round or maybe even like a fifth, uh, that could be a guy to definitely take an eye on. Like, I don't think Joe Douglas is going to overpay, but if he feels he can get fair value for a good player, uh, especially if he can somehow get an additional third round pick, um, I can also see a situation too where he feels like he's going to have the capital in the first and second round to trade back and get enough picks that he can trade a third round or not feel burned by it. But it'll be interesting because once again, he covers the draft picks, but if he feels like you can get like an Allen Robinson, who could be a top five wide receiver for a third round pick, I do think he would do it. Uh, maybe later round picks for players, but we've seen a lot of Joe Douglas's moves outside really Flacco have been the opposite, which is, trading players that don't fit or trading players that he doesn't believe long-term in to get more draft capital or to draft more players as opposed to the other. But once again, this off season is going to be very, it's going to indicate a lot because you always have to look at actions and actions always tell you more than what a general man, what a coach will tell you. If all of a sudden Joe Douglas gets hyper aggressive and starts training draft picks for players, and not only Steins free agents, but w- w- goes above and beyond to highly pay free agents. It gives them huge contracts to certain players. I do think that that will tell you that he knows that he's under a lot of pressure internally. If he's a little bit more conservative by nature, I think that tells you that like Woody Johnson has said, like, look, I, I know this is a building process and we got to do this long term, but like, we don't necessarily need to see you in the playoffs this year. So, but I would think it's going to be the former, (laughs) the former, not the latter because Woody has a history of being very impatient, you know, making sure this team re-signed Revis the second time around, making sure that this team was in on Tim Tebow, which is something I will, I will never understand. But once again, those were moves suggested by Woody Johnson. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes up. But once again, guys, thank you for joining us on this live stream, talking about the Jets training for Sam Darnold, why that looks to appear to have been the right decision, not only from a contract standpoint, but from a player point, even before getting the full analysis of Zach Wilson. Once again, later this week, Thursday, we'll be dropping our first mock draft of the season, our midseason season Three round mock draft. Keep an eye and keep subscribed to this channel because we'll be doing a lot, especially as the off season rolls around. You know, I try to do a mock draft at least every one or two weeks. Uh, you know, and I do a full seven round mock draft once you really get into the thing, into the role of it. But right now, this is just going to be a three rounder and of Jets Bills preview, 10 a.m. on Friday morning. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss that. But until next time, thanks guys for joining us. I'll see you then. This is Rich Sports Talk signing off.